40 today. Today is Father's Day. Let's hear it for the dads today. If you have not already, dads, uh, we're giving this to all adult men today. Uh, we want you to celebrate you. Be sure you get this certificate right here, and you can enjoy a, uh, one donut and a coffee from Sweet Bar from us. So be sure you pick that up before you leave today, all of you guys out there. Be sure you grab one. Acts chapter 2, verse 40, it says, With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them. He said, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness. Lord, we thank you today for your mercy. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that over these next few moments that you would clear, clear our minds of anything, oh God. I pray that right now, Lord, that this word would get into our hearts, get into our souls and our minds today. And may we be transformed by your word today. We love you and we thank you today. And the church said amen. Amen and amen. Uh, this word that I just spoke said that these people became devoted. And I want to speak today about devoted men, devoted fathers. Although I'm uh, uh, in Mother's Day, I spoke directly to the mothers. Uh, today I want to speak directly to fathers. But this is a really a word that anybody can apply to your life. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were celebrating Pentecost Sunday. We were celebrating uh, Pentecost Sunday and the and the gift of the Holy Spirit here on earth. And the great thing about Pentecost Sunday is that so many people look at it and feel like that was the climax and everything else. Now we're just waiting for the uh, now we're just waiting for the Lord to return. But really, the Pentecost Sunday was not the end of something, but it was the beginning. Amen. It was like a catalyst for the church, and thousands. The word says that thousands were added to the church in just a day and as a result of what happened in the upper room that day. There were many great uh, things that occurred as a result of Pentecost and one of those great results that happened was that the gener there was a generation of men that were added to the church. There was a generation of men that were filled with a unique power that was being added to the church. There was a release of, of, of mighty men, men who no longer cared about what their neighbor thought about them, men that were once sitting on the, on the sidelines were now in leadership positions and they were filled with the power and filled with the spirit. It was a, it was a group of men that were passionate about their faith. They were passionate about the word, passionate about their teaching. They had, they had been transformed and were now known by people in their town as being radical. 
radical. People were calling them the radicals of the time. People did not understand why, why, why they just all of a sudden their life just shifted. People did not understand of why all of a sudden these, these people that were lost were now in the streets and they're worshiping. They did not understand uh, why they were so demonstrative with their worship and loud with their praise. Let me tell you something. When, whenever you get saved and whenever, whenever you get uh, filled and whenever God transform you, there will be some people that think you are crazy. Can I get an amen? Uh, why are you so passionate with your praise? Why do you, why, why do you, why do you, why do you like loud music? Why do you, why, 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 why do you, why in the world do you even raise your hands? And it's not that they don't understand your praise. What they really don't understand is where you have been in life. Because if they knew where you have been, if they knew the hell that God rescued you from, amen. If they knew that miry clay that he picked you out of and put your feet on the rock to stay, if they knew the state of mind that you were in before you were filled with the Spirit, they would totally understand why you worship. Can I get an amen this morning? And I want to take a moment this morning and show you some characteristics of the early church. Uh, show you, uh, because during this time, the, what were disciples are now becoming apostles. And these mighty men are starting to rise up and move forward and build the church. And I want to take a look at these patterns with you today so you can apply them to your life. So jot these down. One thing I want you to understand is the early church was authentic. They were authentic. Get that in your notes. They were real. They were not fake. These men that were rising up in the church, they were authentic men. They were not worried about their reputation. They did not worry what people were feeling about, about them or what people thought about them. They were just real. I don't know about you, but I get so tired of being around fake people. Amen. So tired of fake people in this, in this, in this era of social media, you can be one way uh, behind a camera, but look totally different. You can have a filter on and look nothing like you do. I'm telling you, y'all on these dating apps, y'all better be careful. You better be, you never know what you're going to walk into when you go on that date because they could have a filter on. They could be some just fake. You don't know what they are. They're, uh, they, 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 they're just not real. Uh, and, uh, uh, people have, it's like they have multiple personalities. They act differently around different groups of people. They act uh, one way at church and one way on the job. They act one way on Facebook, one way on Instagram, and one way on TikTok. And their personalities change according to their audience. Can anybody testify to the generation that we are in? And a generation of real men, a generation of real people started to come forth in that day. And men, one of the best places that you can be real is you need to be real in your house. Can I get an amen this morning? You need to be real in your house. There are some real, there, there, there are some men that are heroes on their job, but zeros in their home. They are heroes in the house. Uh, uh, they are heroes on their job. They can, they can lead and they can tell people and they can direct, but when they get home, it's like they, there's nothing left with them. They're heroes in public, but zeros in private. If that's you, your priorities are out of line. You don't have to be perfect. God just wants you to be real. Amen. You can believe, you can trust in, in men that are real. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter, 
and John and perceived that they were uneducated. They perceived that they were untrained men. They marveled at them and they realized that they had been with Jesus. The crowd says that they looked at them and they just perceived, they, they put together in their own thoughts that they were not educated. They put together under their own thoughts that they, they had not been trained. They had not been to seminary. They didn't look like theologians, but they realized that they had been with Jesus. The crowd could not deny that these men had been with Jesus. The onlookers that day, as they were looking, they no longer just saw men, but they saw a reflection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because these men were not hiding behind education. They were not hiding behind accolades. The only thing they were hiding behind was was, was uh, the Lord himself. Amen. Can we just take a moment today and thank God for the real men in our lives this morning? Can we just take a moment and thank God? Men that are hiding behind titles. Men that are not hiding behind degrees, but they're just hiding behind Jesus today. Men who have a bad day here and there, but they know how to keep it real. Men that are authentic. Men that when you look at them, you can tell they have been with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but when people leave here on Sunday... I don't care if they talk about my message. I don't care if they talk about my shoes or my blazer. But whenever people leave my presence, I want, I hope somebody says, I can tell he has been in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Understand this, that the word authentic, the word authentic, the, the root word uh, comes from the same root word as author. These guys may not have been writing stories in that moment, but they were sticking to the story that Jesus gave them. Everywhere they went, they were telling the story of Jesus. They were telling people that God sent his son, that, and that he died for them, that he was buried and resurrected and, and the Holy Spirit came and now he's coming back for them. Every time they had someone's ear. They were telling the same story. They were devoted to the story, to the gospel. Nothing could change their story. To be authentic, you got to realize something. To be authentic, you've got to stay connected to Jesus. As soon as you disconnect from Jesus, you stop being authentic because you start being something that Jesus did not create you for. This generation of young men that we are in now needs some authentic men in their lives. Amen. This generation of young guys, of boys, they need to see some authentic men in their life. The church needs to redefine what a man is in this day. Can I get an amen? Because there's too many images of weak men that are being worshipped in the media. There's too many absent men that are being exalted in our nation today. There's too many men that have too many wives that are being lifted up as idols in America today. I said there's too many men in Hollywood that have children all over the United States by a whole lot of different women and they are being idolized in our media today. There's too many men that have big trucks and big cars and things but yet they will give nothing to people in need. Can I keep going this morning? And now the importance of the role of a man and now the importance of the role of the father in the family has been skewed and that is the devil's plan. From the very beginning, 
He wanted to break the man. He wanted him to fall into sin. He wanted to get him a place where he felt like he could not lead. He wanted to get him to a place where he felt like he could not live up to what the Lord had spoke to him in the garden. He wanted to break him. He wanted to get him to a place where he could not lead his own house. And now since the role of the man has been diminished, many wonder why we even need that role today. So now we are telling our sons, now we are telling young men, be what you want to be. Dress how you want to dress. Use whatever pronoun you want to go by today. And I want to tell you something to this generation. The devil is a liar. Devil, get your hand off of this generation of men. The early church was not only led by men that were authentic, they were also led by men that were bold. They were bold. And get this, in uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 14 through 15, just jot it down. This is the day after Pentecost. Peter is speaking to a crowd, and this is the same group of people that were earlier yelling, crucify Jesus. And he looks at them and he said, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are now witnesses. Peter is standing in front of the very crowd that is yelling that, that was yelling crucified to Jesus just a little 50 days prior to that. His wounds are still fresh. The pain, the pain, he can still feel the pain from that day and he's looking at them and he is speaking with boldness. If we have ever needed a generation of bold Christian men, it is now in America. Amen. If we've ever needed bold men that are full of the Spirit, we need those men right now. Can I get an amen? In the middle of this crazy world, we need some men that will stand when everybody else is sitting. We need some men that will be bold. They will be passionate about their faith. We need some men that will stand and declare the goodness of God when you can't see goodness around you. We need some men that will stand up and tell the world, Jesus is the answer for the world today. We need some we need some bold men and get this what makes one thing that can make a uh, what what one characteristic of a bold man is is that he has the courage to say no. Bold men can say no. They say no to compromise. Anything that will compromise their Christian character or faith, they say no to. Anything that has the appearance of sin, they say no to. They know when to say no to wrong opportunities. They know when to say no to the wrong, to the wrong door that's opening before them. Get this, they, bold men even know when to say no to their children. Can I get an amen, somebody? They know that sometimes... You don't compromise with your child. Can I get an amen this morning? Bold men know when to stand for what they believe in. Bold men also know how to believe for the unbelievable. They, they, they operate in faith. They know how to, how, to, how to pray for things that people would laugh at because they're so big. They're so outrageous that, that people are like, there's no way that could happen. It would have to be a miracle. Guess what? 
This generation in the church needs to see some praying men. They need to hear some praying men that are praying some bold prayers so big that when you hear it, you almost laugh because it sounds so ridiculous. But let me tell you what happens when the generation hears it and then they see it come into fruition. They will believe. They will, they will remember the testimony. They will, tell their, they will tell their children, guess what? My daddy was praying and guess what everybody thought he was crazy but look what the Lord has done he has answered the prayer of the faithful this generation needs to see some men that are believing for the unbelievable until it becomes achievable the early church was not only led by men that were authentic and bold but the church was also led by men that did not lead from their own strength they had encountered and been filled with a power that was greater than themselves. It is, I was telling first service that it's, it's, it's in a man's spirit, it's, it's inside of a man to want to fix things. Even if he wants to fix it, it may take him a year. I feel some testimonies coming forth. But there's something inside of a man that wants to fix the problem. He wants to fix the issue. A man wants to fix it. Even, even in your family, you want to put it together. You, you, you really want it to work. But the truth is, the truth in life is that there will be many days when you cannot fix everything that is wrong. I don't care how much you work out. Sometimes your muscles cannot put everything back together. There will be days when you can't fix everything that is wrong in your child's life. Amen? There will be some moments when you cannot control which sports team your child is on. There will be some moments, there will be days when you can't fix everything on your job. It is in those moments when real men start to rise to the top because real men see it as opportunity when others see it as defeat. People see it as defeat like, how? what's wrong here? I don't, I don't understand it. How can, how can any good come from this? But a man that is full of faith and full of the spirit they see through the chaos and they see opportunity for God to work something out on their behalf because it's in those moments that they know they are connected to a power that is greater than they are amen because you can't help your son sometimes but you know God can there are times when you can't provide for your adult daughter but you know that God can, amen. You can't remove the drugs from that addict's life, but you know I'm connected to a power that God can. You can't chase depression out of their lives and anxiety, but you know God can. And it's in those moments that real men say, I can't fix this thing. It's not, it's not, it, it will not happen by my might. It will not happen by my power, but it will only happen by the spirit of the living God. Because when you break it, because when you can't break it, God can. When you cannot open Open the door, God can. When you can't break the chain, guess what? God can do it. And real men know when to take their hands off the situation so God can put his hands on it. Amen? Get this. Real men, they're not only connected to the power of God, but they want their children to know that they are connected to a higher power. I've said it before, and I said it at first service, and I'll say it to you. Well, there's a, there's a group 
of, of, of past, a growing group of pastors in this hour that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but they don't want their church to know that they do. They don't want the church to know they operate in it or believe in it because you want to know why? They are afraid they're going to drive off a crowd. They're afraid people will leave. They're afraid their denomination will kick them out. What kind of father has a gift that can totally change lives? What kind of father has a gift that knows that gives them access to a power that is not of this world and yet will not tell his children about it? A real man wants his offspring to know. A real man wants his offspring to know, I couldn't do this on my own. A real man wants his offspring to know, you see all of my possessions. You see all of my things. You see, you see my success. But guess what? This did not happen by my hands alone. No, it was the Lord who was doing it for me. It, the Lord has been fighting for me. A real man wants the next generation to know, I tried to fix it. I did everything that I could. But it wasn't, I, it wasn't until I took my hands off that the problem was solved. Men don't just experience God by yourself, but you need to lead your children to experience the Lord also. Testify of the goodness of God. How do you lead your children to it? You testify of his goodness. Whenever he does something, you let them know it was the Lord. Whenever he answers a prayer, you let them know it was the Lord. Whenever something successful happens to you, don't take all the credit, but turn around and give the glory to the Lord. Give honor where honor is due, but always give all the glory to God. Amen? Write this down. We do not reproduce what we want. We reproduce what we are. We do not reproduce what we want. We reproduce what we are. In other words, you cannot be living like a hellion and expect your child to be a saint. You cannot treat church like an option and expect your child to be dedicated to its teaching. I've got dark eyes. I had black hair. But God... I'll never have a blonde-haired, blue-eyed child. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But, but, but you don't understand. That's what I want. I want a blonde-haired, but you don't understand. You don't reproduce what you want. You reproduce what you are. You reproduce what your seed is, what you are inside, what the seed is inside of you. That's what you reproduce. So it's not going to happen. It's not who I am. I can't reproduce something that I'm not. It's not, it's not who I am. It's not who Sarah is. If she has a blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid, that thing ain't mine. <laughs> and we'll be on Judge Judy. Because I ain't taking it. Because why? We do not reproduce what we want. We reproduce what we are. 
That is why you need to be a person that worships in spirit and in truth. You need to be a worshiper. Why? So your kids will be a worshiper. You need to be on your face praying every day. Why? So you can reproduce a generation of prayer warriors. You can't be coming in here, not participating on Sunday morning, looking at your watch, rolling your eyes every time I'm preaching about holiness. I don't understand why he's preaching about smoking again, vaping and drinking. I don't understand. He's stepping. I don't know why I'll never be back in here again. Why is worship more than 30 minutes? I don't even want to worship. I'm so tired. I stayed up all night. You cannot come in here with that attitude and then wonder why your child is disobedient to your word. There are some days, let me be authentic with you. There are some days where I come in on Sundays and I'm tired. There are some days I come in and I am weak. There are some days I come in and my brain is scattered from what happened throughout the week. There are some days when I'm just spiritually exhausted on Sunday mornings. But guess what? You will never see me not participate in worship. You will never see me sitting down, crossing my legs, looking at them, saying, oh, well, they sit down when I'm preaching, so I'm going to sit down while they sing, and I ain't doing like that. I ain't doing that. No, no, no. I got to preach again. I need to save my voice. No. You will never see me acting like I'm not interested in worship. No. Why? Because I am the father of this house, and I want this house to be a house of worship. And if the father ain't worshiping in the house, the house will not follow suit. I want this church to be a people that know how to worship in spirit and in truth. I want them people, I want this church to be filled with people who know how to worship when the sanctuary is empty. I want them to know how to worship when the sound isn't right. I want them to know how to worship when the lights won't come on. I want them to know how to worship when the lyrics are not right and flowing on the screen. I want them to worship, I want them. To, I want this church to be a people that want the more of God and it will not happen if the Father's not doing it. There are some Sundays when I feel like I'm the only person doing it, but I just keep on keeping on. And as I keep on keeping on every Sunday, the army starts to march with me. The army starts growing. And there's a group of people that are tired of dead church. There's a group of people that are tired of lifeless worship. Can I get an amen? Fathers, you have the ability to to change the culture of your very house. How? You don't reproduce what you want. You reproduce who you are. Show your kids a dad that will go after God. It will change their life. Band, help me out. Get this. Write this down. Psalm 23, verse 5. Famous passage of Scripture. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me In the presence of my enemies. You, he's speaking to who? You, the Lord. The Lord is what? Heavenly Father. You, my Father. You prepare a table before me. In other words, you are showing me how to behave when I'm in the lowest valley. You are showing me how to live when I'm walking through the valley of death. You are showing me how to function. You are showing me how to operate day by day. You've, pre- you've prepared a table before me. You're showing me how to do it. Fathers, you need to take this verse and apply it to your life because you need to prepare a table before your kids. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Now, women, I'm not talking about cooking, so don't get happy. 
Prepare a table before them. Show them how to behave. Show them how to worship when it feels like all hell is breaking loose. Show them how to walk whenever everybody else is sitting. Show them how to stand on the word when everyone else is walking away from it. Show them, prepare a table before them. Cook for them. Prepare something for them. This season is a season of grilling. It's a season of cooking. And in this hour, dads, you've got to get to a place where you prepare it for them. You let them see you pick out the steak. You let them see you marinate the steak. You, you let them watch. You are showing them how it's done. You, 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 you let them watch you grill. You, you show them how to check the temperature. You show them all the different types of meat and well done and rare and medium. You, you, you show them how to do it. In other words, you're preparing a table for them. You need to let them see you live according to his word. You need to, you need to, as you're, you, 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 you think you're just cooking, but you're showing them a lesson. You need to let them see you pray. You need to let them hear you pray. You need to let them watch you worship whenever you've had the worst week in your life. You need to let them, you need to, you need to let them see you serve in the house of the Lord. You need to let them see you give. And as you're preparing this thing, what you think, you, you, you just think you're cooking, but no, what you're doing is you're actually making them hungry. You want to make somebody hungry, you eat in front of them. You ever not been hungry and somebody walks by with a, with a Swiss cake roll? You're like, give me that thing. Give me that thing. I need hunger, just give it to me. A cinnamon roll, I don't care. I need hunger, just give me that thing. I just had something, just give it to me. Anybody ever been there? Y'all liars. You just smell something, all of a sudden, it just starts, I'm hungry. You want your kids to have a hunger for the Lord? Eat in front of them. Let them see you worship. Let them see you prepare it. Let them see you pray like never before. Let them see you give. You let them let them hear stories about everything that God has done. You think you're just cooking up something. No, you are making them hungry. Let them see. Let them see you honor the word. Let them see you serve. Let them see you believe for the unbelievable. Let them and then and then whenever God gets ready, and then whenever the prayer happens, and then whenever that thing comes into fruition. Whenever he's finished with the steak, then you take that thing off and you say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I wouldn't be able to have this job if it was not for the Lord. I wouldn't be able to have this if it were not for the Lord. I wouldn't be able to make it if the Lord was not fighting for me. And then you do, you taste it and see. Let them taste and see that the Lord is good. If you want to make a generation hungry, let them see the goodness of God in your life. 